You're listening to a podcast on Catholic Saints. This podcast is produced by the Augustan Institute, an apostolate helping Catholics understand, live, and share their faith. Welcome to Forum Now. I'm Tim Gray, president of the Augustan Institute. And joining me is uh, uh, Elizabeth Klein, who's a professor of theology here at the Augustan Institute. We're gonna talk about Dorothy Day, who is really a, a famous American Catholic. She grew, she spent most of her life in New York, although she uh, was born in Chicago. And she has a fascinating story, and I think it's a story that gives people hope. And that's why I want to talk about Dorothy, uh, her amazing virtues, her amazing life. She lived at a very tumultuous time, the 20th century. And she, uh, as, an, as an American, she was an atheist who becomes Catholic. And so there's, there's a great part of the story of her conversion that we want to talk about. But there's also many other things about uh, Dorothy Day that are really remarkable. One of them is that she had an abortion. She had a child out of wedlock and was a single mother. And yet many, and there's an argument and a movement going forward right now to make her a canonized saint. And so I think that we give a lot of hope to so many people in our country and to so many women who maybe struggle as a single mom in our plague of divorce and broken marriages or with this pandemic of abortion. So many people, and of course, women are victims of abortion too. And you know, our culture just makes it, for so many young women, that's the alternative that they kind of get driven to. And I think it's easy for a lot of women who suffered an abortion, who had an abortion, to just despair, to think that you know, um, they're just so filled with guilt and despair that they can't amount to anything and that God can't love them. And Dorothy Day really gives a great ray of hope for that. And so I think she's really a, an example, a model, that I think can attract a lot of people, Elizabeth, to hope and bring them to uh, inspiration. She was an inspiring story. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, Dorothy's story is, is so great and her personal holiness is so inspiring. I really, lo- I really love Dorothy Day personally, so I hope she, her cause goes forward. And she, as you know, she is servant of God because her, her cause has been accepted for review. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I actually just re- recently reread uh, *The Long Loneliness*, which is one of her autobiographies, and her story isn't really what you'd expect. You know, she has this child out of wedlock, which I knew about her, um, and I had thought, oh, she, it must be like an emergency situation, and then she had this conversion. But really, it was coming out. She had this abortion previously, and she thought that she was sterile and she wouldn't be able to have a child. And so when um, she had a common-law husband, and when she got pregnant, she was really excited and she was really happy that she was able to have this child, and it was bringing that child in to the world that then caused her to kind of go towards conversion because as soon as her daughter was born, she knew she wanted to give her religion. She wanted her to be baptized. Um, and that and that was really the the cause. She said, man is made for worship. I really want this, this for my daughter. And so her daughter was baptized before Dorothy actually became Catholic. She became Catholic a little while later. It's, it's a fascinating point in her story because, you know, reading some different data from the Barna Group, most people who make a lifetime commitment to Christ, to, to, to God, do so from age 12 or younger. Uh, the next time after the age of 12 that people, you know, the largest moment in someone's life where they make a lifetime commitment to Christ is after the birth of their first child. That, that there's something about nature where you have a child and it's such an existential experience that people realize that there's got to be something bigger than just me mm-hmm. and that there's something bigger in the universe, that there is a God. And it's so fascinating that it was the birth of her child 
uh, that really led her, opened her up to search for mm -hmm. God. And she had always had this natural pull she felt towards sort of worship of God. And she, uh, people who know more about her story, she was um, affiliated with the communist movement prior to her conversion. And she really felt drawn to the people and helping the people. Uh, and so when she had her own child, she all of a sudden had this shift in saying, yes, I still want to help the people. I still want to help the poor, which she's known for. But really what, what we need is God. And we're, we're made for worship. We're made, and she loved to go to Mass even before she converted because she felt that that's where people were at home and that's when they were fulfilling their purpose. So that, that really, the fact that she kind of comes out of what we think is a very anti-Catholic thing, communism, to Catholicism was actually, to her, a much more natural shift because she said that Catholicism was the religion of the people and she felt she was in solidarity with the poor by becoming Catholic. So it was, uh, she has this sense of wonder at worship that she's wondering as an atheist and thinking about, is there a God worship? And then it's the contemplation of this child. I mean, mm -hmm. I, looking at this beautiful child and thinking uh, as, as a mother, I've got to give this child. Mm -hmm. And she didn't have faith to give that child. That, 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 mm -hmm. that was, seems like that was probably part of the... Yeah, and her story is like she, she's thinking, you know, she, she's feeling this pull that she wants to get her child baptized, but she doesn't know where to start. Wow. Uh, you know, and then she um, basically like runs into this nun, you know, who lives So nearby. she's ready to get the child baptized before she's baptized. So she gets the child baptized. And so she starts, you know, talking to this nun and this nun helps her. And the nun keeps telling her, well, really, you should become Catholic. Really, you should become Catholic. But, you know, they allow her to baptize her child. And then, and then Dorothy becomes Catholic. I, I can't remember how long after, six months, a year after, or something like that. Yeah, that's really remarkable. But it says something about a mother's heart that this great sense of selflessness, like I've got to give my child, my child needs this. And so she obviously, Dorothy, believes that baptism is really important. Mm -hmm. And yet she she's seeking baptism first for her own child, even before she seeks it for herself. Mm -hmm. And she gives her child the name Tamar, Teresa, which you think Tamar from the Bible, <laughs> but apparently it wasn't Tamar from the Bible. She just knew, she had Jewish friends and she knew that the uh, word name Tamar meant two trees, well, you know, better Hebrew than I do, but Teresa for Teresa of Avila, who was um, someone very inspirational for Dorothy. Uh, so so she the middle name for the child was Teresa? Mm -hmm. Wow, yeah. I didn't know that. That's fascinating. So, you know, just thinking about that personal experience for people, because it, it, it's such a sign of hope for, for what happens to Dorothy. And I always think of it as a moment of evangelization when people have a, ch a child who's uh, maybe they're married, maybe they're not married, but they're not practicing the faith mm -hmm. and they have their first child. Uh, that's a moment, I think, for a great evangelization because there's just something about nature that awakens in us with that experience. <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, Dorothy's like walk, apparently like walking along the beach. You're like, sees a Catholic nun. You know, <laughs> help I need me help. Out. You know, I need help. Wow. Um, and also the great personal sacrifice for her to become Catholic uh, because she's, she's living common law with this man for years, you know, essentially her husband, and he refuses to be married in the wow. Catholic Church. So she leaves him to become Catholic. Um, and, you know, and her daughter really ends up being raised in the community um, of the Catholic worker, which she founds. And she has a beautiful line in her autobiography about um, she says she's the barren woman who becomes the mother of many children mm. because she had this abortion and thought she was barren, ended up being able to have her own her own natural child, but then also to be the mother of this this movement and the mother of all the people who come into the worker house and the farm. Wow. Well, you've, you've had several children now. Do you, how, how do you relate to that experience of 
having having a child yeah, and how well, that opens I mean, you up. I actually have a, almost an exact parallel experience because I became Catholic um, right before my first son was born. And the, it was really the same reason because I had been going to Mass for years and had been thinking about becoming Catholic. Uh, and then when I got pregnant, I thought, well, I want my son to be baptized. And I thought, well, how can I get him baptized? Like, who's going to baptize him in the Catholic Church if I'm not actually Catholic? So wow. then I had to become Catholic. So when I was when I was confirmed and, and received, I was I was um, preg like really pregnant. I always had my son a month after that. So oh, that's beautiful. That, it, so that you can that's such a great relation. I mean, having a child does open you up, I think, to the transcendent and to, to the it, there's a spiritual awakening. And I think it also like bespeaks the meaning of baptism. I think now there's a tendency to think, oh, I'm not going to baptize my child. I want them to grow up and make their own their own mature decision. But that's kind of a misunderstanding of what baptism is, right? Because baptism is really, it's it's a birth, right? You don't ask your child permission to give birth to them. <laughs> uh, you know, maybe <laughs> some of them are like uh, push back against, you know, why am I in this life? But uh, you want you want to give life to a child because you know it's so good. And so similarly, you have that same pull. You want to give them life in Christ. You want to give them this this new life and this identity as a child of Christ, just as you want to give them this identity as your child. And so I think it helps you to understand what baptism really is. It's not mm. sort of a mature signing on the dotted line. It's um, being made part of a family. Well, I, it is a, entering a family. And you mentioned that Dorothy was a mother in a, in a twofold sense. She has this child, but then she gives birth in a sense to the Catholic worker movement. Mm -hmm. And as a somebody who had a great empathy for people, and, and that's why she was you know, the, the romanticism of communism, mm -hmm. taking care of the poor and giving them dignity and, and caring for them. That's what attracted her to that. But now as a Catholic, she's going to see a different way of taking care of the poor. And she starts the Catholic worker movement. What, what inspires her to do that? Well, it's really the, um, another uh, figure named Peter Marin uh, apparently kind of hears about her. Uh, there's a, there is a story that she was a reporter, and so she used to do um, the reports for Commonweal. And so she was in Washington, D.C. doing uh, reporting, and she saw the communists protesting. And she said, I, fe I still felt that sympathy, but I no longer knew how I could appropriately participate as a Catholic. And so she prays at the Shrine of the Immaculate Conception that she would be able to use her gifts as a Catholic to help the poor. And then Peter Marin shows up like in her living room and says, you know, I heard about you and you're the one that I want to help me found this movement. Um, and so it's really his vision that they, they take on together um, mm -hmm. over the course of many years. So it's really the answer to prayer that she she sees the Catholic social teaching and she sees the mission of the church, but she doesn't see enough Catholics with their sort of boots on the ground actually helping the poor and, and making that vision a reality. And that's where it comes out of that. I like the the, the place where she's she learns Catholic social teaching. And a lot of people would think that Dorothy becomes Catholic because of Catholic social teaching, but that's not really what drew her. That no, comes afterwards, yeah, isn't it? Yeah, what, what really drew her was this innate sense of the need to worship God, and that is a fundamental right uh, of everybody and the fundamental desire of the human heart. And it's only subsequently that she really discovers Catholic social teaching and the writings of the Pope on the poor and, and really adopts that. And uh, there's, this, there's this famous story about her and the worker and they um, make picket signs with all quotations from encyclicals. Um, and they're going to a worker protest and the police officer says that he doesn't feel he can arrest them because he'd be like arresting the Holy Father. <laughs> <laughs> so they get away with, you know. <laughs> I love that. And, and I like how she saw this gap. She, once she discovered Catholic social teaching, it, 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 she saw the beauty and the power of it. 
But the problem was she didn't see people embodying it mm -hmm. practically. And rather than complain about that, she then that put her into action, didn't mm -hmm. it? And it's really related to this this idea of motherhood that she becomes, mm. you know, she's so excited and she becomes a Catholic because she's a mother. And then really the worker movement becomes, how do we enact this? Well, we invite people in. We have a house where the poor come and live with us and we give them physical nourishment and we give them spiritual nourishment and we put up with them as sinners and we witness holiness to them. Um, and that's, I mean, that's really what, what the worker is. It's It's really friendship with the poor and with each other. So speaking about these these homes that they would do, these Catholic uh, worker homes, hospitality was really crucial, mm -hmm. which uh, that's such a biblical virtue. Uh, this is part of her taking this desire for the poor that, that she saw in communism. and But with Catholic social teaching and this biblical virtue of hospitality, she embodies. She, mm -hmm. she really finds a way to personalize this mm -hmm. in a way that communism could never do that. Absolutely. And I, one thing I love about Dorothy Day is that she doesn't make it look easy. Mm. <laughs> and she, you know, she's famous for saying, um, don't call me a saint because that would di dismiss me too easily. And what she meant by that was, you know, sometimes we think, oh, saints, we can't imitate them. Mm. We can't do what they did. And she never wanted to be put in that category because she thought people would dismiss her and dismiss the Catholic worker movement. Um, and so in her writings, you can really see that it is not easy to live in a house and share your, your daughter uh, with all of these random people. It's not easy to deal with people who fall down over and over again, people who exploit you and take advantage of your hospitality. And she makes that, she makes that very clear. And I, I find that very inspiring about her that she's so transparent about the challenges of, of living out that radical call to holiness. She was always bluntly honest, wasn't she? Yeah, that's and, what they say. And let's just talk about her temperament for a bit because I want people to get a sense of who Dorothy was because she was a strong character. I mean, mm -hmm. she you had to be tough. First off, she's a New Yorker uh, <laughs> living in New York, and uh, but she is she's really she's she's a tough person. She's got a great heart. She's maternal. She cares for the poor, but she's able to navigate, and she's she's she can be challenging. Yeah, and I think she one thing that's really admirable about her is that she's able. She has these strong convictions that a lot of people in the church didn't agree with, um, and she really stayed true to them. And she really was able to live them out even in the face of difficulty. One of the f famous ones is that she was a pacifist, which you know, is still a point of contention, has always been a point of contention in Christianity, yeah. even from the earliest times, to what extent you know, Christians should sort of participate in, in the state and the military and all of that. Um, and she stayed true to that conviction and that witness all the way through the First and Second World War when many of her supporters did not agree and there was a lot of conflict in the church over, over that issue. And you know, you may or may not agree with that particular position, but I think she's, she's very inspiring in, in living out something that she feels called to as a witness even in the face of great opposition. Mm -hmm. And she, let's just talk about her, her call to take care of the poor. Um, you know, at that time, especially with World War One and World War II, we didn't have the wealth that we have now in this mm -hmm. country. And so she was, she really thought people should not just go to the government to help the mm -hmm. poor, but that each person had a call to mm -hmm. take care of the poor. Yeah, inter well, interestingly, we think about Dorothy Day as being sort of, I don't know, leftist politics, or that's kind of the association. She was very opposed to government assistance of the poor. And that's not because she didn't want to help the poor. It's because she felt that what gives 
a person dignity is work and personal property. And so she always wanted to work to empower people to be able to take care of their own families and to sort of make their own life. And so that was part of the worker movement and also part of um, these farms they founded to help people learn to get back on the land. She felt that cities dehumanized people. And, and so she is kind of an interesting figure if you, you know, care to go actually read about her political position. It doesn't map on really neatly onto the kind of ideas we have now. I think that's really important. There's a complexity and a uniqueness to Dorothy's convictions and how she wanted to live them out. And I think a lot of people sometimes want to pigeonhole her. You know, mm -hmm. some people want to claim, well, she was a leftist or she's on the left. She was in certain ways that characterize people who, what they cared about left. But otherwise, she was, you know, she realized abortion was wrong. Mm -hmm. and, you know, was against that. And so she doesn't fit into any clear box. Yeah, well, as I mean, as like Catholics as general, I think as Americans, especially now, things get more and more polarized. It's easy to identify with this or that. But Dorothy really tried to take her inspiration and her work from the Gospels and the writings of the popes. And so you do get this um, sort of life that's dedicated holistically to Catholic social teaching, which doesn't neatly map on to especially sort of modern American politics. So it, it's interesting. I think that's important because I, I don't like the label of Catholics being conservative or liberal, left or right. Uh, the label for Catholics is to be a disciple of Jesus Christ, to be Christian, right, to follow Christ. And that's, that's what's crucial for us. What, I mean, concluding thoughts, to get people to, to think more about Dorothy, to be inspired by her character, because there's so much to be inspired by from Dorothy. Yeah, so I would, I would, I would recommend to everybody to read *The Long Loneliness* or one of uh, Dorothy's autobiographies. And I think what you'll find is. One, someone who lived through such tumultuous times, I think gives such perspective right now. We always think that our own time is the most stressful time. And to see all these things she lived through and how she witnessed in those times is very inspiring. And I think also the kind of charity that she demonstrated in her life, both towards the poor and to those who disagreed with her is, is so wonderful and mm. a very wonderful example. Um, I think of one story where a bishop banned everybody from uh, all the parishes from subscribing to the Catholic worker. And this had been a bishop who had previously supported their movement. And she writes about this and says, and she, she interprets it in such a charitable light. And she says she understands why he feels he can't um, have his parishes subscribing. And yet he didn't restrict individuals from doing it. Um, and he was very even handed about it. And those kinds of things aren't the kinds of things you hear now when somebody opposes you publicly like that. You know, usually we don't always have such a charitable interpretation. So I think she's very inspiring in that way. She's a great model for charity for us. And we need that charity because we live in tumultuous times too that are becoming more and more tense. And I think she gives us inspiration. So if you know anybody who's a single mother who has had an abortion, you know, there is hope. God's grace can reach all of us and transform any one of us. And Dorothy is a great example of that. So let Dorothy's example inspire and encourage you and share her story so that she can be an encouragement to many others. We're thankful for all of you who support us through the Mission Circle. Uh, we're encouraged by your support, and we hope that uh, you continue to support us and realize that your giving is very important to us. May the Lord bless and keep all of you. Take care. You can watch these interviews in video format by visiting form.org. Formed is an online Catholic streaming service created by the Augustine Institute and Ignatius Press with award-winning studies and parish programs, inspiring audio content, movies, ebooks, and family-friendly kids programming. To support the mission of the Augustine Institute, please visit missioncircle.org.